0: Welcome back to another episode of Awareness to Action Enneagram podcast and today I'm with my Sterling co-hosts, um, which is appropriate because I'm in England right now, I'm in the in London and uh, enjoying, enjoying it a lot. And today we're talking about the subtypes of twos. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode, we talked about ones. It was really great. And this is kind of like these sort of episodes are kind of the the next step. So if, if you need like a refresher on anything as it relates to the instincts or the types, refer back to all the previous episodes. It's really going to be helpful to understanding what we're talking about
1: here. So... Yeah, I think in particular, uh, we, we, we listen to the introduction on the subtypes episode, which we mm-hmm. did two episodes ago, because it lays out the framework for how we think about the subtypes.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's episode 39.
1: Great. So today we're talking about uh, subtypes of two,
0: and we're going to start with the preserving two. So what does a preserving
1: two look like? What's their facial structure? Yeah, they're about five foot six. Uh, They have, (laughs) you know... Tiny little noses and big bulging <laughs> eyes. No, no. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, no, they
1: look they look just like me and you. You know, they they mm. go. And, well, wow. no, not like me and you, fortunately. Yeah. But don't um, say that too, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the preserving too. Uh, so we think about it And again. The framework for how we think about all these subtypes is the intersection of the instinctual bias and the strategy. So we have people who are getting their preserving needs met through connecting to other people. Now, in a lot of the Enneagram literature, there's this big emphasis on helping with twos, right? Rizone Hudson even referred to them as the helper in their work. And in our view, the helping is secondary, right? It serves the purpose of connecting and what the preserving do, two is doing is connecting to others to help get their own preserving needs met. Now, there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, in, in a lot of the Enneagram literature, there's this dismissal of the two as somebody who's giving to get, right? And uh, so there can be this, uh, you know, negativity cast on the helpfulness of the two that's not always justified right number one i mean who doesn't give to get right that's just part of human nature you do marie well of course i do right and and everybody does now it's it's all about how subtle it is of what we're trying to get in return right we might be wanting to get friendship we might be wanting to get support whatever it is and so we want to be careful about questioning the motives of twos any more than we question the motives of other people.
2: I was doing this workshop the other day and people it's kind of like we need to understand the motives. And it's like, oh, it's because they are manipulative or is it because they are waiting something back? Or is it because they are uh, narcissistic? It's like, you know,
1: everybody can do
2: that. They just and many times, most times it's not conscious,
1: right? And much of the time, it is genuine, right? Just like everybody else can use the strategy in both adaptive and maladaptive ways, the helping of the two can be either self-centered or altruistic depending on the individual and depending on the circumstances, okay? So we really wanna be careful about the give to get idea. Now with that said, this the giving to get is actually most visible in the preserving too, because it's around helping other people meet their preserving needs to ensure that I get my preserving needs met as well, and that you'll be there as a resource for me in the future. Now, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I've heard some Enneagram teachers say, oh, preserving twos are not helpers, right? That they're actually more self-centered and that sort of thing. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. And in my experience, somebody who's a two, who is not a helper in some way, is not really a two, right? I just have never really seen a two who doesn't kind of help to some extent, okay? Uh, Even in Sandra Matry's book, I always like to go back and read uh, her stuff, um, you know, in preparation for this. She refers to the preserving two as, quote, unquote, me first, but she goes on to say that they have a self-sacrificing facade. This is the proverbial Jewish mother syndrome in which she appears to be thinking of others first and putting them out of herself, but in fact is really manipulating them in this way on her own behalf. Okay. Now, again, I think Sandra's being a bit harsh there in her assessment of twos and focusing more on the the, um, you know, the less healthy versions, but they do help okay, as a way to get their own needs met. Go ahead, Maria,
2: Yeah, and, and I also think that the preserving twos, the people in their nests, it's almost like an extension of themselves. Yes. So when they are taking care of them, it's like I'm taking care of myself in a way, my, my my sense of self. It's me and the people in my nest. Yes. So I don't see it as others so much. I mean, at at some point they get frustrated if... They're doing that too much and not taking care of them on themselves, but they naturally uh, take care of the people in their nest.
1: Yes, and that nest can extend to the people that they work with. Yeah, right. Uh, the people in their social group that they care about, and again, with, as with all preservers, their social group tends to be tighter and more mm-hmm. consistent than with the navigating and the transmitting to is, but, um, you're right. They, it's, it's not like they're going out and trying to, you know, feed the world necessarily. Okay. So it is a, there, there can be this sort of selfishness that we see in them, this desire to be taken care of this need for support. Right. But, they're again one of the ways they'll ensure that happens is by connecting to people so again it's connected preserving is all there is to it Mm. okay i make sure i get my preserving needs met by connecting emotionally to the people who will help me achieve those needs There is a uh, kind of a self-sacrificing quality to them that that we see, right? But again, they're very selective, as Maria Jose said, very selective in who they make that uh, sacrifice for or to. And uh, it'll extend out as appropriate.
2: And and also selective about who they want to connect to. Because they might be kind of nice with a lot of people, but truly connect, they're very selective.
0: Yes. Why is that?
2: I think that preservers in general are very deliberate in the way they choose to use their energy, the, the personal resources. And it's limited. So I need to choose because I don't have infinite amount of personal resources to spend on too many people.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with Maria Jose. And and there's a book I might have mentioned on the podcast before called Social Chemistry by a Yale professor named uh, Marissa King, I think. And uh, she identifies three basic networking styles. And if you read it, it... It's like reading about how preservers network, how navigators network, how transmitters network, right? And with the preservers, they tend to have a smaller but tighter circle of friends and connections for the reasons that Maria Jose said. Number one, I don't want to put out the energy of, you know, uh, devoting a whole lot of time to connecting to people who may not have some return on investment for me. Okay. And uh, also, I want to make sure that my bonds with those people are tight enough that they'll be there for me when I need them. So I think the the preserving, too, is the most contradictory version of the subtypes here. And, you know, when we, again, when, uh, you know, we talked about this idea of countertype last time, and we really don't like that idea. We prefer to think of it as a conflict between the instinctual bias and the strategy. Mm-hmm. And the instinctual bias says, take care of my needs. The striving to feel connected says, in order to get my needs taken care of, I have to take care of the needs of other people because I have to make them want to connect to me. So we see these two contradictory sides in the preserving two that might not be quite as visible in the other two versions of the two. Right There's this kind of, it's funny, I was just working with a group uh, recently and there's a preserving too in the group. And one of the other people in the group was saying, I call her me, 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 right? Because she's always talking about getting her needs met, right? Her, you know, what she wants for lunch and, you know, having enough food and all that sort of thing. So there can, as you spend more time with them and get to know them, better you start to see more of the self-centeredness um that's that exists there so this too would would could could present more in the introverted side of things for sure Of of the three subtypes of the two i would absolutely say that this is the most introverted type and again i'm always Introversion and extroversion is tricky sure. because you know uh, how many transmitting sevens you know have we met who <laughs> describe themselves as introverts right and Maybe. you know well well i i know people think i'm an extrovert but i'm really an introvert and and i see where they're coming from right because there is this huge private side to them and i know that you know under the classic definitions of extroversion of being energized by things outside of oneself I would be, probably fall into the category of an extrovert, but every Myers-Briggs assessment I've ever taken, I've scored introverted on, right? Hmm. Not, not heavily. And I am, right? Mm-hmm. And people who know me in some situations would say, yes, he's very introverted, and others would say he's very extroverted. So, um, So it's a little bit complicated, but yes, to answer your question, I would say that they are more apparently introverted than the other two versions of the two.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and they still want to connect, so yes. they say nice things. They might uh, like to flatter or be close physically with the people who they want to connect to. So it's not like they will not reach out to you because they're still two.
1: Even in the preserving twos I have known and have worked with, there is this kind of leaning forward sort of thing right They'll, they'll you know some of them will finish your sentences for you right because they're just you know so eager to help out and so eager to you know um, be of use that um, you know that, that these kind of things can happen so when you're with them they seem more extroverted but as we see with many of the characters what they're displaying in public is not who they really are and what they really want. So they're they're appearing to feel conne- to be they're appearing to be connecting with you when part of them is saying, I really just want to leave. I don't want to go back home. I want to go to
2: the nest. Yeah, maybe it's it's part of their part of who they really are. It's not like completely fake. I yeah. think that part mm-hmm. of them wants to connect and part of them wants to go, go back home and take care of their own needs. So they're both real, it's just that they're contradictory. And sometimes one wins and sometimes the other.
1: Absolutely, Uh, you're completely correct. And um, you know, and this is the thing we I like
2: to hear that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What you said Maria Jose is completely beyond reproach uh, right
2: there. Uh, No, 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 I prefer correct here.
1: Correct, okay, all right, good. Um, And I forget my point because of your self-serving moment of uh, observation. (laughs) Right, because you never (laughs) do this on the podcast.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I
1: want
2: people to understand the uh, mindset of the one as well. (laughs) There you go. um,
1: People are complicated. Right. I mean, you know, this should go without saying. And one of the big dangers of the Enneagram is people's desire to put people into simple little boxes and say, oh, twos are always helpful and sevens are always happy and eights are always tough and ones are always, you you know, whatever ones do, etc. And that's just not the way it works. And one of the beauties of understanding the subtypes is we start to see these nuances and complexities, and what happens when multiple forces come into play with each other, and it looks dynamic and changing and so forth. Are you okay? Are you, 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 you want to? <laughs> should, should, should we try this again tomorrow, Creek? Or uh, you know? <laughs> All right. My, my computer was
0: dying, so I had to get my cable. on. <laughs> Uh,
2: just cleaning I up did, the
0: place. Don't mind me. That's yeah, all right. Yeah.
2: Perfect timing. <laughs> going to do a quick, quick vacuum.
0: We're yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was trying to be helpful, you know. Um.
1: Uh, yeah, well, help us right now, okay? Yeah, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, it's sorry, okay. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, That's all right. I don't, I don't need anybody listening to talk, so don't worry I about it. know.
0: <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> um, so next we're going to cover the navigating two, probably the best two. Um, out You there. think so, huh? Yeah. Why, just because they're navigating, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So, so this this person must be insanely good at networking.
1: So they do yeah. tend to be right. This yeah. is one of the I, I would say that you know when it comes to networking, the you know, probably the you know the navigating three and the navigating two are are up there, right? And so again, we have uh, connected navigating. Okay, I'm trying to understand the world. Now, other people will, you know, like a, a navigating one like we talked about last time, they're going to want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing, right? So even though they're pretty good at networking and connecting to people, it's not nearly the same focus on somebody who's saying to themselves, well, I'm, gonna net, I'm going to navigate by connecting to people, right? So, uh, yeah. you, you know, that's their gift. And they can look very three-ish this way. Right. And uh, they're often mistaken as threes, particularly navigating two males, mm-hmm. because, you know, the the stereotype of the two is a kind of a female stereotype. But, um, you know, it's not our experience necessarily that there are more female twos than, than male twos. Right. But again, Um, So, yeah, very much around building networks and making introductions of people, right? So, you you know, to me, this always is kind of like my, you know, the stereotype of the wealthy, you know, uh, socialite wife who is, you know, holding fundraisers all the time and has a... um, has a very uh, uh, big Rolodex, okay, for a little throwback to uh, the analog times, right? Uh, for you young people, that means they have a lot of contacts in their iPhone. Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a friend who's a navigating too. And anytime I need anything to know anything about other people, about what's going on in certain groups or who to reach out to if I need anything, I contact her and she always knows. Yeah. And when she doesn't know, independent no of my requests, <laughs> no, no, she asks me, you know, uh, okay. and, and uh, yeah, many times I'm able to um, help her, but we know that we can kind of count on each other too, but she's just amazing. And they do look like three, like threes. And there's like a status thing that my connections give me. Like I'm friends with this person, I'm friends with that. So I kind of can kind of brag a bit about who I'm connected to, and that gives the feeling of three. I think. Mm.
1: Yeah, and and I think the bragging comes from a little bit of a different place about that, right? Now, of course, mm. that you know the the traditional vice of the two is pride, right? So there is this element of I know best. I know what's right, you know, and um, special and deserve attention. But it's also just kind of a, you know, just a sense of satisfaction that they feel at being connected to the right people. And again, we're always going to see, you know, depending on what their socioeconomic status is, you know, those quote unquote, right people could be different people, right? They're not all, you know, uh, rich donors for charities, right? They could just be the people in the neighborhood or, you know, at, you know, all the, you know, the important people at the school, you know, or whatever it is, but within their environment, they have really great connections and it's what they're wired to do.
0: How else do they look like a three? Is, is it just in just sort of this look at me, I know a lot of really cool people, or is yeah, no, there other
1: ways? It's not so much that. I think what ends up happening is there's an element of blending in, right? Of of fo- you know of understanding how I need to look in this environment to play you know, the role I wanna play. It's of, you know, how, you know, what skills I need to have, what abilities I need to have, an effort, you know, to put in to make these connections happen, it, you know, so all of these things look sort of three-ish. There's a big image consciousness in this because if I'm trying to connect to the right people, then I need to look the right part. And that can, you know, people can assume that that's a three, Right When not necessarily, there are a lot of people who are focused on looking the right part.
2: Yeah, for different reasons.
1: Yes. Now one of the differences here between the three and the two, and uh, you know when it comes to navigating twos is that the navigating two is usually more comfortable being the king maker than the king themselves. Right. They take a lot of pride in being behind the scenes, and making things happen, and elevating other people, and, and
2: knowing that it's their agenda. Exactly, what's uh, moving things forward.
1: Right. right. It's you know there's a. Um, it's been a while since I've seen this movie, so I want to be careful here about asserting anything too strongly. But there was a movie with Tom Hanks called uh, Charlie Wilson's War and there was a woman in it and i want to say it was meryl street but I, I don't quite remember it might have been another actress but she was the one again she was this wealthy socialite political player who you know was not a politician herself and was not a big public figure or anything but she knew you know everybody and knew what was going on and you know and she had this agenda to help to help. The Afghan rebels uh, in their battle against the the Soviet invasion, right? So she was putting pressure on Tom Hanks's character, who was a politician, and bringing all these other people together. And you would see her. Oh, it was Julia Roberts. That's right. It was Julia Roberts who played the role. And you would see her kind of working in the background, right? You know, going from one person to another and schmooze, schmoozing and cajoling and you know uh, seducing. Do people. people use the word? Cajoling, anymore? Only, only only really really smart people, Maria. And old. Yeah. Right? that. that too, what would you say, that Craig? Too, that too. When we're done here, <laughs> when we're done here, I'm going <laughs> to go out and get in my jalopy and drive to the, uh, <laughs> the to, to the market, <laughs> to the five and dime. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, I need
2: to know, so Craig, do you use that word? Would you say cajoling? cajoling.
0: I would not on a regular basis, but I, I do. I do know. <laughs> would your
2: parents use you it? <laughs>
0: they're not that old. Um, oh, I think the only reason I know the meaning of that word <laughs> is because I used to read Hardy Boys. I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which were books from the 1930s, Maria Jose. So.
0: Yeah, well, I, that's also where I learned jalopy. I know that one. Um, <laughs> and you're what? five cent cola right yeah. <laughs>
2: okay just checking All because right, right, right. I don't want to embarrass myself by using that word in another <laughs> environment so I need to know I mean
1: nostalgia is hot right now
0: so yeah, it is it is just, right. just lean into yeah. the nostalgia yeah. um, just <laughs>
1: tighten up your bloomers and you know get out there and use cajoling and jalopy there it is
0: yeah. Yeah. um so what's what would you say the, the biggest difference between
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Whenever you're gone. ready Maria Jose, we'll, <laughs> we'll
1: we'll continue, yeah. Um,
0: okay. Uh, the main difference between like a transmitting to and a navigating to cuz as you're describing that sort of that, that navigating to the the cajoling type <laughs> of socialite out there feels like it could easily be trans to be transmitting. So what's yeah. what's the distinction there? Yeah.
2: Transmitting to, it's more of a seducer. There's something uh, more intense. And the navigating to could have a, lo- a bit of that. It, it doesn't mean that it doesn't know anything. But the transmitting to ex- is more extreme in terms of how much they lean forward and how much they try to attract you. It's, it's a very intense way of connection
1: yeah it, it's more it's more focused and you know with the, with the navigating to you get this sense of the person at the cocktail party who's kind of bouncing from place to place right oh i've got to go talk to this one and i've got to go talk to this one whereas with the transmitting to it's probably going to be more of you know pinning their target into a corner and you know <laughs> Kind of laser focusing on them right so uh it's much more singular now th- the reason that they're transmitting is because they do things that attract attention okay and so again we got to remember that what the transmitting instinctual bias is all about is increasing the probability that i'll find a mate right or a way to pass on my genes, my ideas, right? So it's, I have to attract the attention of potential prey and then have the tools to go and close the deal. So um, what you'll see in kind of the more extra version of the transmitting to is more of a display behavior. Go ahead. At the
2: risk of maybe stereotyping a bit or a lot, um, if we're talking about the fundraising, I can picture the navigating to organizing everything, doing all the connections, and then having someone be in front of people, talking to them, not needing to be on stage necessarily. They can, but they don't need to. There's this satisfaction in seeing that all this is happening because I made it happen. Uh, The transmitting too would more probably be on stage trying to seduce people into donating more or kind of more on display at the front.
1: Yeah. Or uh, agreed and uh, or they would be kind of the closer, right? So in any, you know, sales activity, there's the, you know, there's the presentation and then there's the close, okay? And so you get kind of taken off into the back room and you know, the hard sell starts. And that's where the, you know, the transmitting to would really shine in that sort of situation. So, the, you know, again, if we use that environment, the navigating two would be the one kind of setting everything up, right? Bringing all the people together, making everybody feel comfortable gathering the information they need. And then the transmitting tube goes in for the close. Yeah outside of fundraising circumstances, right? Uh, you know, because not all twos are socialite fundraisers here for, you know, uh, noble causes. Um, there is this, you know, the, the transmitting to is very focused on deep connection with people, right? It's I'm going to transmit by connecting. So there's much more of the narrow casting in this transmitter than there is broadcasting okay they will broadcast at times right and it's usually through their presentation of themselves right Um, but it's much more about the narrow casting of i want to be friends with you right i want to connect to you i want us to you know go have lunch every day or you know something like that Um, so there's a much more sort of seductive quality to them it's not necessarily sexual but it's just you know i want to know we have this deep connection in some way
2: and i'll be very vocal about what i like about you what mm-hmm. i i mean all the flattering i think it's very yeah present in yes. their interactions mm-hmm. they are also they're also more emotional than the navigating to and the preserving to more uh intense in the uh Emotions they display either anger or sadness than the other two.
1: Yeah, there can be more of a a volatility
2: to Mm -hmm. them,
1: right? Um, And again, all twos can be volatile, right? There's this one stereotype is that they're always pleasing people. They're always sweet. They're always happy. They're always nice. Nobody's always anything. Um, And so twos have this more volatile side to them. But the transmitting two can be the most volatile, like Mario Jose said. They mm. can be, you know, more emotional in the, you know, in the highs and lows of emotion mm. as well, right? Um, so. Uh,
2: they, they they might uh, be confused with fours. Yes. Especially women, I think.
1: Yeah. And I, I've seen men too. I mean, I've mm. had male clients who I thought were fours for a while mm. until I realized they were transmitting twos. Mm. It's happened a couple of times uh, because there is this, There's this intensity, right? There's this intense emotionality very often that just feels uh, four-ish, okay? Like a transmitting four almost. And then you start to see that, no, it's different because it's much more dependent on the behavior of the others, right? It's much more reactive to the other than it is about processing their own emotions in some way. What would be that
0: main difference between a transmitting two and a four?
1: Yeah, so I think it's that idea of being... Um much other more than they're time. not as unique, well, yeah, <laughs> they're a dime a dozen, yeah, for, yeah, for sure, right? So, um, uh, that's another old saying, I guess, right? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing nothing you can buy that's a
0: dozen that's only a dime. That's,
1: that's <laughs> 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 I'm very self conscious <laughs> now, yeah, I'm very yeah. self conscious about my, my old isms, your 1930s yeah. <laughs> language, yeah. got it, yeah,
0: <laughs> <That's> isn't he <sweetheart. laughs>
1: I I think, again, the, the, the key difference would be the dependence on the individual other regarding the two's behavior. What I mean by that is when I'm getting what I want from you, when I'm getting the reaction I want from you, I'm happy. And when I'm not, I'm angry, right? Whereas with the transmitting four, it's more about what's happening inside of me that is driving my temperament. Now that's what's happening inside of me, maybe a reaction to the world around them and how they're being perceived and whether they're being appreciated, but it tends to be more generalized even in the transmitting four. Uh, But with the uh, transmitting two, I'm unhappy because so-and-so is not providing me the attention I want or the recognition I want or the love I want or whatever. I see that in fours as well though. Uh, of just, I'm
0: not happy because I'm not getting that sort of attention. Is is that just the line to two or?
1: Well, A, it it can be that, B, it can be this is fairly natural uh, in everybody, but I think it's the amount of the time in which this is happening, right? So for the transmitting two, that's almost always what drives their mood, right? Whereas with, fours it can drive their mood some of the time even frequently but not nearly as much as it does the transmitting too. Hmm. So to so close out the episode uh, let's go through the pattern of expression
0: for each uh, for each each subtype subtype there it is Right.
1: <laughs> for each subtype I
2: think it's yeah yeah it's, I think it's because you're in a different time zone Craig. Oh my like, gosh <laughs> <And> you' <laughs>
1: You're thinking with the opposite side of your brain, given that you're... Yeah. In a, in a a, yeah,
0: so so let's, start with, let's start with the preserving pattern of expression, sure. uh, as in...
1: Yeah. yeah, so the pattern of expression is zone of enthusiasm, zone of inner conflict, zone of uh, indifference. Indifference. Thank you. And, um, so obviously for preservers, the zone of enthusiasm is the preserving domain, which is why, why they're preservers in the first place. We would call them something else if it wasn't. So it's, you know, it's, they're focused on getting their preserving needs met. Okay. Now the navigating domain would be the zone of inner conflict for preservers. So, they do want to connect to people. They want to navigate. They want to know what's going on. They want to engage, but only up to a point. Okay, so I want to go to the party, but I don't want to stay that long. I want to go back to my nest. And this is always what's going on with preservers. You might not know it. You might not see it. But they really do want to go out into the world. And then they really do want to leave it once they're there to go back to the nest. Okay,
2: And, and, and they also have this sense as all preservers that they're not that great at it, that they feel like there's something they're not doing well enough.
1: Which which makes them even more ambivalent about it in the first place, right? Because we don't like to do things that we don't feel comfortable with. And this is what we see in the zone. It's why we call it a zone of inner conflict because we're drawn to it, but we don't feel like we're as great at it as we could or should be. So we have this ambivalence, and ambivalence doesn't mean indifference, it means two-sidedness, right? It's kind of a love-hate in the zone of inner conflict. When it comes to the transmitting domain, it's just not something they're interested in, right? You almost never see preserving twos who wanna be the center of attention, right? Who want to be you know, the person out front, the person leading the way. I have seen preserving twos who are managers and, you know, occasionally leaders, but it's really not where they're going to feel most comfortable because it just sucks up too much of the resources.
0: So the navigating two, we got navigating in the zone of enthusiasm. We have uh, transmitting in zone of inner conflict and we have preserving in the zone of indifference. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's the way it works out, right? So you'll see this in navigating twos, you'll see this seductiveness that we talked about with the transmitting two, but it's more fleeting, right? And again, I have to go back and watch uh, Charlie Wilson's War because I think it really is a great example of this character in the Julia Roberts character. So there is this sort of seductive behavior, but it's fleeting, right? And it's very deliberate and it's very conscious. So the seductiveness in the transmitting two is usually more of an... Um, you know, it's not a flirty sexual seductiveness. Navigating? More, I'm sorry, navigating. Yeah, thank you. Um, the, the, in, in the navigating too, it's, it's more about, you know, making a good argument and being kind of proud of myself for making good argument and letting you feel like you're in on the secret in some way, right, is a big part of it. So I'm going to share some information with you um, in general a piece of gossip or a piece of, you know, useful information for what you're trying to achieve. Or or tea, as the kids say. Uh, why would they say that? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is what does that mean the, the, <laughs> just yeah. spilling the tea spilling the tea um, okay but like, is that what they the, say in london where you uh, are no, creek no, it is that is, that is really? a, that a, that's a thing that's a thing yeah. i've, I've yeah. heard that yeah. really? i've heard
2: that yeah, oh, wow. yeah.
0: spill the tea yeah. or what's the tea on that that's, wow that's, i gotta for all get
2: all our out more listeners, listeners. i gotta yeah. get out more man all right. As with all navigators it's When it's part of your role, when uh, you feel comfortable in a particular environment, you might display those more transmitting behaviors for a while. But it needs to be kind of your role, your space, uh, without fighting for it too much. Navigating tools can show that.
1: Yeah. There when it comes to the zone of indifference and in the preserving domain, it's just not going to be what they pay attention to, right? Um, if, if I'm out, you know, and around and connecting to people and wanting to get information about people, I'm not going to be a homebody, right? There, there's just no sense in wanting to be in the nest if what motivates me is getting out into the world and connecting to people. So, their helpfulness towards others is going to be more around information than it is around you know bringing them a pie or something.
2: I heard someone who said that at home, people, their family, and he, I think he's a um, this person is a navigating too. Um, his family would question why he would be so helpful with people outside of their nest and not so much uh, within the family. And, yeah. and with many twos, it's like you try to connect to certain people, and some people you give, you take a bit more for granted. You don't need to work to connect, and people might resent it.
1: Yeah, mm. and th- and this is pretty much the opposite of what we would see in the preserving two, which mm. is all about ser- saving my resources for the people that I'm close to, the people in mm. the nest, as Maria Jose said earlier, and not squandering it on people that or are outside of my zone of influence Mm -hmm. or sphere of influence.
0: So finally, we have the transmitting to. Zone of enthusiasm is transmitting. Zone of inner conflict is preserving. And zone of indifference is navigating.
1: So again, what we see here is, we said before that there's a whole lot more narrow casting in this character than there is broadcasting so I'm not going to be, if I'm trying to get your attention, if I'm trying to laser focus in on you, I'm not going to be taking the time to kind of back up and look around what's happening in the room. I'm not going to be tracking, you know, what's happening in that corner and that corner and who's doing what with whom, because I am focused on you. So the, the uh, navigating domain is what we call the zone of indifference. It's just, just don't care about that stuff the zone of inner conflict is around the preserving domain and so yeah i am going to be focused on my own preserving needs and other people's preserving needs partially because that's a great way to make somebody feel special right if i'm trying to seduce you somebody's trying to seduce me bring me a pie right i mean you know (laughs) that's good (laughs) <laughs> a <know>? cigar <laughs> or a cigar or some whiskey or something whiskey. Right? So, yeah, yeah something you know? there you go so um, so transmitting twos understand this and they say okay well I'll help them meet their preserving needs by you know through I'll, I'll help me meet my transmitting needs by helping them meet their preserving needs in some way
0: is there anything really important to know about twos whether it is identifying yeah. them or uh, interacting with them
1: Identifying them, again, I think the instinctual biases and understanding the subtypes is really, really critical. And understanding, as with all of these, the logical interplay between the strategy and the instinctual bias helps to explain people's behavior. So connected preserving, right? Well, that's preserving too. And I can extrapolate a whole lot from that. So we want to watch out for, well, what, what is this person doing? Okay, number one, what are the behaviors? Number two, what seems to be the motive behind that behavior as we start to decipher you know, different people's personality styles? So so those are the things we want to watch for. Is this person more, you know, if I start to think there are two, and, and, and again, Rio jose and I always tell people that it's, it helps to start with identifying the instinctual bias. Right, And once we understand, OK, this person's a preserver, we can start to say, OK, well, how, how do they pr- get their preserving needs met? And that's where the strategy comes in. So with the two, it's getting those needs met that way.
2: So. I was just thinking about a, a friend who I thought she was a six. And then by doing that same kind of analysis and saying, OK, she's definitely preserving. Like the broom belongs to her hand. And we always make jokes about it. It's like she loves to just... Anyway. Is Um, that a
0: Spanish saying? What? The broom belongs to her hand?
2: No, I just made it up.
0: Wow. That should be a thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's like she's always using it. So I made it up. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And then by understanding that she's preserving and deciding between six and two... A preserving six would be a lot more anxious than a preserving two, probably. And so it's a lot easier, although they look similar in many ways to understand where things are coming from. And that's only a way, but it is a lot easier when you understand, when you know what the instinctual bias is first.
1: I think when interacting with twos of all the subtypes, what we wanna keep in mind is that what motivates them is connection. And we have to kind of work with them to establish boundaries, right? To recognize their need for connection, but also manage our reaction to it, Help them set boundaries as we, you know, as we uh, work to improve the relationship. So that's a really important thing. And the other thing is to, just recognize the importance of a little bit of human connection at the beginning of an interaction, particularly in the workplace, right? There's a lot of work, a lot of the types and a lot of people in the workplace who just wanna get right down to business. So they go barging into the two's office and say, hey, I need this from you by two o'clock. Well, that's just the wrong way to approach a two, no matter what the urgency is, right? You always wanna let them know that you have a little connection with them first. Not manipulatively, but just just be kind, right? Just make a little bit of a connection before launching into whatever it is you want or need.
2: For like two seconds, right, Mario? Uh, <laughs>
1: three if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Great. Okay, I need you to... <laughs> I'm nice. <laughs> yes. And if they go on too long, you just say, you know, that was kind of a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: um.
0: Uh, We love you, too. Thank you so much uh, for listening to this podcast, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Awareness to Action Enneagram podcast. If you're interested in more information or talking to Mario, MJ, or myself, feel free to reach out to us through the links in the show notes or by emailing info at awareness to action.com. All episode transcriptions and further information can be found at awareness to action.com slash podcast.